Hello and welcome to another Supercharged uh, Gaming News Podcast, where we give you the news every week and we break it all down for you. I'm here with my co-host Lane Hubenak. Nice to meet you again. And myself, Noah Anzaldua. So, without further ado, let's get into it, Lane. So, we got an icebreaker for you today, guys. And it's, uh, it's the holiday season, right? So, um, what's your favorite piece of Christmas-themed media out there? I really like, and this is a this is a new one, uh, well, kind of new, but Klaus on Netflix is is really good. It came out like two or three years ago, I think, and it's like, well, it's it's Klaus, it's Klaus is Santa Claus, but he's like this little toy maker, <clears throat> in like this weird kind of Scandinavian setting, and um, it's it's an animated movie, and it looks really beautiful, and J.K. Simmons plays uh santa claus like you know him from J. jonah jameson the spider-man movies and omni-man and invincible yeah. more recently um and it's just such a good movie it, it's so heartwarming and heartfelt and it also kind of tells like a darker story without it like feeling like overly dark but it feels like it's perfect for a family to watch together um yeah also elf and um the Destiny 2 Dawning event, their Christmas event in Destiny 2, always leaves me feeling cozy and uh, and pretty good while you're baking cookies for for your enemies and for your for your friends. Okay, that's valid for both of those. <laughs> can't can't go wrong with J.K. Simmons. Mine's a uh, mine's a little more, you know, upbeat. I, I don't really like the uh, the dark darker stories for. Christmas mine's definitely just all about goofiness and uh that's because my two favorite art movies and uh, it's uh, National Lampoon's Family Vacation which if you've seen it you know uh Griswolds are amazing and uh Elf because you know Will Ferrell yeah kind of kind of hard to go wrong with those two National Lampoon's is probably my favorite I always laugh about this one scene um where his aunt or mother-in-law one or the other is sitting at the table and uh, they they ask her to do something. She goes, what? And she goes, oh, he can't hear. She goes, I can hear just fine. And her husband turns and looks at her and he goes, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> Dude, I laugh at that line so hard. Every time I hear it, it's amazing. The delivery, the, the build up to it, it's just perfect. And then <clears throat> Elf, of course, is just, um, you know, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I love Will I Ferrell. Love makes, <laughs> Will Ferrell makes everything great, man. Honestly, uh, he's I don't know. He's just so goofy in that movie, <laughs> and I kind of I kind of see myself in him. Oh yeah, the, Chris, the Christmas spirit, the shenanigans, the just general lack of understanding. <laughs> What's a Christmas gram? I want one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you must be from the South Pole. <laughs> uh. Uh, and Peter Dinklage was great in that too. He is. He is really good now. <laughs> you feeling lucky, my friend? <laughs> yeah. Call me elf one more time. <laughs> Must be a South Pole elf. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I think that's a good warm up. Got us. Got our jitters out. It's got Not us nervous anymore. Yeah. We we talked about some happy things so that we can uh really kill the mood <laughs> yeah uh viewers make sure you uh comment below or if you're listening tweet at us let us know what your favorite christmas uh you know 
Christmas theme media out there is. We'd really appreciate the interactions. Let's uh let's take it down a notch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Lane, you gotta tell us about what's going on at Raven Software, uh and sort of you know what who who got laid off, what's going on, and uh catch us up on that. Yeah, so um Activision is in the news for all the wrong reasons this year. And um biggest reason lately um that I've noticed is because of the um the raisin the raven raisin the raisin employees the <laughs> the raven software employees um that were laid off and from what i've read and from what i've seen um the workers were upset and they're upset for a good reason and that's because uh, basically raven software if you don't know they work on call of duty warzone and they fired at least a dozen of their quality assurance contractors uh last friday i believe and this was after they had made them move I think as well, they told like they were. I think they're was they actually um, protesting or was it just they're they're converting like five hundred temporary workers uh to like full time positions, and when they made that change, they also laid off like twelve quality assurance workers. Gotcha. So they they laid off a good amount of people, pretty much, and they had a a good amount of them move too. I remember reading that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of this information is uh coming straight from Oscar Gonzalez from CNET Tech. He said, uh, 60 Raven uh, software employees walked out uh, to show solidarity with the ones that were let go, and 200 more quality assurance workers walked out as well. And um, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that the creators are sticking together and showing that, hey, like we're, we're here with you, you know? Like, even though we're still here in the company. Like we're, we're showing our support for these people who were let go unjustly. It seems, especially after, you know, promising them better pay and, you know, better work environment in general and making them move to a different location just to have them come in and let go. That's just, that's messed up. You don't do that, man. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, definitely think it's awesome. They're standing uh, together for their fellow craftsmen, craftswomen. It's great. Yeah, there's just there was like no no advance notice at all and it's just out of nowhere. And um King from like the creators of Candy Crush, they also have stepped in to join uh the protest and the walkout. And that's great. Um and really King it probably is like a huge money earner for Activision Blizzard or for Activision and that's that's probably a huge step in like gaining the the push they need to really oust some of the higher ups at Activision and uh start cleaning things up because we really need to see the CEO Bobby Kotick and and some of the board members even all get ousted from there before any uh, any actual change can can really happen there. Well yeah, it starts it starts at the top for sure. And this isn't even their first, you know, their first go at being in the news for something shitty that they've done. And I'm just honestly surprised that it hasn't happened sooner, that they're, you know, the employees are calling for his head pretty much. And this is not even the first time they've done that. They've, they've held walkouts before, but I don't think they've ever done anything on this scale. Yep. And then moving on from that, over the weekend, uh, Bungie's own sort of scandal broke. And that's from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. She uh, 
talked to a bunch of different Bungie employees over the years. Uh, some of, I mean, most of whom no longer work there and they've been let go for one reason or the other, or they left for their own health. Um, but essentially her story, um, well, her article paints the story of a bunch of employees that show Bungie as being a toxic workplace um, where, you know, the ideas of, uh, of the women and people of color uh, mostly have been sort of trampled on and taken and twisted and morphed and crunch has been a problem there and, and basically shows that a lot of the forward facing information from Bungie <clears throat> is true but also doesn't show the whole picture. Bungie is trying to get to a better spot as a company. Um but for a lot of their problems they have not they have not um been as as forthcoming with how they've fixed those problems or what the problems were to begin with. So this article really shows that Bungie has a lot of the same problems as as a, as an Activision Blizzard and a lot of other companies pretty much in America um and that they're on the way to fixing those problems. But it is important to recognize that these women and and these uh people of color that have come forward are you know, their time at Bungie's over and they don't they don't get a second chance. They don't get to see the the fixes that Bungie's implementing now at their company in the workforce in the in the workplace. And that that really sucks and that's really an important takeaway from the story is that Bungie has used these um, people's work and gave them a, a a bad work environment to work in, just to you know rip away a place where they could feel comfortable being employed at. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrible, man. I I hope hopefully those people can come back. Um, I know you said that their their time is done, and for the general part, I'm pretty sure that's true. But hopefully after these changes have been implemented that they'll come back, they'll feel comfortable again, and we'll see the creative process flourish, and we'll see the destiny that was supposed to be. Because um, I remember you saying that uh, a lot of the narrative was taken away, right? And they were let, they were let known about it like a day before yeah, the cinematic. Yeah, there's like reports about the cinematic team would be like comprised of who Bungie thought was the the top dogs there, and they would usually be white, older men who'd worked at Bungie for longer. And they would send memos out to the narrative team literally days in advance of the trailers coming out and, and say, okay, you need to change all this because we want this for the cinematic and it won't make sense with the world if, if your writing is still this. And they wouldn't be notified of that until literally the last second that their work was just being sent on the chopping floor. And then another problem was just the way that these, when when they had ideas or or wanted promotions, uh, higher ups would say, "Well, you're not good enough at the game to get promoted, so you know, sorry." Which doesn't make any sense because these these were people on the narrative team, and their game skill or whether they can complete a solo flawless dungeon or whatever, any of that, it doesn't matter um, in terms of how good they can write. And then there were things like Devrim K was more explicitly like a gay character to begin with. And after the higher-ups got their hands on it, basically 
he was made to just mention a Mark, like a, a guy named Mark, um, sort of ambiguously. And that Bungie still got positive news coverage after, after the fact for including like its first gay character, even though they diluted his story like a ton. Um, but I think that we are seeing change even like on the front facing aspect of it. Like more recently, like we have uh, Osiris and Satan 14. Who I was are... just about to say they're kind of open about that, aren't they? Yeah, now they are because I think they've realized, oh, we can actually use the stories that our women and people of color and LGBTQ people are like putting forward. And those stories will probably be liked by a lot of our community. And it sucks that it really required that first bit of media coverage to be like, oh, we need to move forward with this. Cause it, it seems all business-like and very like, okay, that worked. Let's, let's keep going. But not because of like, we need to be better human beings because it actually gave us good media coverage, which sucks. Um, yeah. I feel still, like yeah. when you make any business decision, like obviously it's for the betterment of the business, but you also can't bring your personal beliefs into anything like that. You can't, you can't let it be emotional. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just, I think they are on their way to being a better company and giving a better work environment to a lot of people. And I think the writing really has been better since that they've, since they've started this initiative to become a better company. Like, I think Season of the Splicer does not happen if you have this old boys club mentality. Like, the story about um, one person really being against all these outsiders coming into the place and then um, her really being shown to be in the wrong there. And, like, I think that whole story is very symbolic of what our political, like, culture is right now in this country. And I think that that only comes from when you have a diverse, like, writing staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think Bungie is is moving forward in the right direction, but they need to move a little bit faster and they need to make sure that their employees are not being burnt out by toxic workplace and the same problems that plague a lot of other game uh, game studios, a lot of other... We, you've seen them start to do that already as well as they've... I, I know when I've logged in, I've seen the um, community support messages. Like they, during Pride Month, they had a message that popped up. They had a... It was like an emblem or something, right? Yeah the pride flag the rainbow colors um they did that and then didn't they also they did something for um black lives matter didn't they yeah so they've have they have like a lot of new inclusive in inclusivity clubs at bungie um like black at bungie transit bungie women at bungie um and now accessibility at bungie and those clubs i think are a big part of like accountability for the higher-ups because they have like a direct pathway now to to talk to people as a group instead of being alone and i think that's great um and i just think they need to push a little bit harder and that's that's pretty much all i've got to say about that at this point um we'll see what they actually do pete parsons really the ceo of bungie um released a statement um and, you know, he recognizes the fact that all of these stories are, are true and Bungie has a long way to go, um, but it's just unclear what those steps, what those action points are when 
to actually do those things. So we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that when they when they start implementing some changes. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of messed up, but they really told the narrative team get good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. So what's I want a promotion. We'll <laughs> get good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh no, I was just gonna say let's move on to uh, the game awards. They were last Thursday, and yes, there's a lot of announcements, a lot of a uh, lot of winners and a lot of losers. What <laughs> if were you're you not first? You're la- if you're not first, you're last, baby Bobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, what were you most excited about? Um. Well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about? Some of the, as far as the game awards go, do you want to talk about the actual winners of the categories first, or do you want to talk about a lot of the trailers? Because I'm down for either. I'm excited. The whole or the whole event was amazing. I think we can talk about some of the winners first. All right. Sorry, I was drinking my coffee. <laughs> um. So if I remember correctly, last week we talked about six categories, right? We yeah. Just want to kind of run down the list of what we got here. Yeah, let's go. Um, we talked about best indie debut. Do you remember what we said would be the winner for that? I'm bringing up the um, what's it called? I think I, was... I am bringing up the website right now so I can look at the nominees. I think I was pulling for Sable. Pretty sure. I think I was too. But no, maybe I said Valheim. Oh I yeah, I think I said yeah. Valheim. That's true. You probably were. Yeah, so you said Sable, I said Valheim, we were both wrong. <clears throat> Kino, Bridge of Spirits won. And if I remember correctly, you said that you actually played that a little bit and you actually really enjoyed it, right? I played a little bit, like a very small amount. Um, but really the thing about Kena is that it's like one of the most beautiful indie games I've ever seen. It looks like it has the same level of polish as like a Pixar movie in its cutscenes. And its animations, like while you're playing the game, are really great. Um, and I think that with their second game, with their sophomore effort, they're going to really pop off on the gameplay uh, aspect of it. Because it, it's got some really like basic platforming stuff and some sort of like light Dark Souls combat and boss fights. And I think that with a sequel, they can really turn that up a notch. And I cannot wait to see what they do. Yeah. I, uh, again, I think valheim should have won it but then again i didn't play so i honestly don't know it maybe akina did deserve it you know yeah just a lack of information on my part <laughs> and then uh next we talked about the uh, most anticipated game and i we pretty much were spot on with that elden ring i think everyone's looking forward to that yeah it's it's a from software game and i, I don't know it's like an event anytime a from software game comes out yeah. Even even against a God of War or a Horizon, you know, and even some of the other bigger contenders like Nintendo and Bethesda with Starfield and Breath of the Wild too. Like they just from Software and Bondi together, they they do it right. Man. Dark yeah. Souls, Dark Souls is replayable for a reason. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, we pretty much spot on with that one. Uh, best community support. I'm not surprised. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 got that one. And the if you don't remember, viewers, the nominees for best community support were Destiny Two, Apex Legends, Final Fantasy, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. 
Uh, I said No Man's Sky should have won. I do still think that they should have won. They've brought their community back together pretty much. They brought in a lot, you know, a lot more of the new player to the community. Fortnite, I think, should have been a close contender, especially with the launch of Chapter 3 during the Game Awards. <laughs> I haven't played it for a couple years since the beginning of Chapter 2, but when I saw that trailer for Chapter 3, I was pretty blown away, I'm not going to lie. They're adding a lot of new <laughs> movement to it, to the community. So, looking forward to what that'll bring. Were you surprised at all, Noah? Do you think uh, Apex or Destiny should have been there? I think Destiny 2 is a pretty good contender just because of what they've done with their like update pipeline and how fast updates come now. Um, also with how communicative they've been with the, with the community, they've just been really on top wow. of telling them exactly what to expect. And uh, if I don't see a tweet every week that says where TWAB, <laughs> oh, yeah. then they're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an event for the Destiny community every time a Thursday comes around, and I'm one of those people checking Twitter every five minutes to see if DMG tweets F5 so I can refresh my page and read the TWAP. Um, <laughs> where TWAP, where TWAP, where TWAP. So for, for TWAP this week at Bungie, do they just do Destiny? Because I, I normally just read the patch notes that you put in uh, in our Discord. Yeah, they just, I mean, they talk about Destiny in any, like, events surrounding it, like like fundraising stuff or, like, you know, just like random things that might be going on that that month, um, but it's it's usually just Destiny centric. Gotcha. Well, congrats to Final Fantasy fourteen online uh, with Square Enix. Uh, you should check out the game if they have best community support. Obviously, they're doing something right, right? <laughs> yeah, and the new Endwalker DLC comes out, uh, or is already out. It's just that people are having some trouble getting in because of so many people wanting to play the game. Which is only a good problem. Yeah, that's with any game, especially with Apex Legends. Apex Legends is so frustrating on a new update. That's true. <laughs> it's been pretty good for the past two seasons, though. Des well, true. Destiny 2 is the opposite. Yeah. Anytime they launch something new, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say that they have bad community support or terrible servers or anything. It's just there's so many players populating the servers, it's hard to get people in. Yeah. I remember the... I think it was the launch for... Was it Deepstone, or was it the Splicer event? Uh, I remember. Yeah. I remember one. It was one of those where I was in like a two-hour queue before I could get in. Yeah, the season of the Splicer was like that, and the online was like that also. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So moving on to best narrative, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy wins that. I think um, that that was my choice. That was your choice. I think. It takes two. Still should have won it, but I think they won a few others, so I'm okay with it. I'll let them have it. <laughs> I watched a clip um, on Twitter that was like, if you haven't played Gardens of the Galaxy yet, watch this and you'll understand. And I watched it and I understood. It it looks really good. Um, it was like Gamora light spoilers talking about um, well, it's pretty heavy spoilers if I mention it, but it was Gamora talking about this traumatic event that happened in her past, and then, like, afterwards, Star-Lord is like, did you hear that, though? And they're like, what? And she's like, and he's like, she said she loved us. And it's just, like, this perfect, because, <laughs> like, Gamora's really getting dramatic, 
and it's like really well played and you feel what she's feeling and then star lord sort of lightens the moment but he's not like a complete asshole Douche. like he is in yeah like he is in the movies like where it's just yeah. like oh man i hate this guy especially in in or infinity war um you know it's a really good it's a really good mix and if, i think if that clip is indicative of the whole experience then yeah i i'm guardians of the galaxy all the way and i cannot wait to play that game uh it looks beautiful from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think they, based on what you said, deserve it. Then, I just I did see one clip though where they threw, light spoiler, they threw rocket across like a bridge or something, and the whole time he was cursing at him, and then he just started shooting at them. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's pretty good writing there. That's pretty spot on for their you know their character design. And then moving on, I guess we go to best game direction, and Deathloop won that. Which honestly, I don't know anything about Deathloop. I even said that last week, but made by Bethesda, so maybe they, you know, if they don't have bugs, their games can win stuff. Yeah, it's Arcane. <laughs> Arcane's the developers on that one. Um, I don't know though, because I'm pretty sure Psychonauts two or wait, no, 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 this is game direction. What were the nominees in that category? It was Deathloop with Arcane Studios and Bethesda. It Takes Two with Hazel Light and EA. Returnal with Housemark. Psychonauts 2 with Double Fine and Xbox Game Studios. And then Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart with Insomniac Games. Yeah, I think Psychonauts 2, like, the way it incorporates... I haven't played the game still. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I've seen some footage. And the way it incorporates, like, the full metaphor of what the game is into the level design and in the platforming sections is really cool basically like what you do in psychonauts is you go into people's minds and you i don't know what you do you solve their problems or or you make them think a certain way or something like that but you go into their minds and you basically Sounds see like inception yeah yeah <laughs> kind of and you see like what they've experienced and how they've gotten to this point so like there's one where you're going into like surgery like this it's like a doctor or something and you're like jumping over like the x-ray stuff you're like you're you're doing all the stuff that's like very like you're you're getting the story told to you while you're experiencing exactly what happened in a fun way and i think that's really cool from a game direction standpoint do you know what death loop was about i don't remember if we talked about it or not last week yeah it's a uh... It's like basically a time loop game, but you get to choose which, like, it's not like you're, you have a time crunch and you have to, like, do this in this amount of time and then restart. You just uh, pick, like, what time you want to be inserted into, and then you do your stuff there, and then you come back out of that, and you pick what time you want to go now, and then you do that stuff. And basically, gotcha. you're just trying to, it's like a big puzzle to fill every one of the, like, uh, I forget what they're it called. Kind of, it kind of sounds like super hot. Uh, it's it's not like its gameplay is like more like uh Dishonored, and Dishonored Two. Um, okay, Dishonored. Yeah, those were good games. Yeah, and it's, do they have the same kind of consequences? Yeah, like pretty much. You, okay, it's the same uh developer, and this is their. Well, they made Prey, but this is like their. Like Fourth next evolution, game? yeah, of of Dishonored, because you still have like the blink ability, which is weird, because they literally just have it in here. 
and it doesn't really yeah. make sense, but yeah, um, I really want to play that one, and I guess I get it, but still, like yeah. Rex Two was robbed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well then, maybe that one was just bad pick on the studio's part. I don't know. <laughs> I do want to say real quick, off topic. I've been drinking coffee this whole time. It's early for me, and I don't have a lot of sleep. And I just finished it, and when it was up to my face, and I pulled the mug back. You ever seen the the TikTok of the dude who looks at trains? <laughs> I saw I, oh, I saw my own face, and it reminds me of the dude who looks at trains with the camera all zoomed in <laughs> on his face. <laughs> it looks so funny. Uh, that guy's videos is they're pretty good. If you can take a look. I don't have TikTok downloaded, but. I do enjoy his videos. They're pretty good. Uh, last category um, that we talked about was Game of the Year. And this one was spot on, I think. It takes two, for sure. Deserves it. Uh, I think that when it came to best narrative, they were a close contender with Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy. They had great music, which they didn't win the music category either. I don't even know if they were a nominee for it. We didn't really talk about it, but they had great music, great narrative. The game direction was also good in terms of you know going through the game each level and yeah just overall i think they definitely deserve it yeah i agree um i had a lot of fun with that game still haven't finished it but again we'll, it, we'll be planning a stream so stay, I think stay tuned <laughs> it's the most video gamey game i've played this year and um i think that's all you need from a video game and it's got some of the best mechanics, and like it introduces so many mechanics, but they're all so polished, and they all feel so good. And there are so many games that introduce like a, a few mechanics, or, or have a few mechanics, and they just don't get it right. But It Takes Two gets the shooter genre down, it gets the, the ship driving, or the ship sailing mechanic down, it gets... Uh, when you're on the plane and I had to fly yeah. <laughs> and like move stuff and yeah okay so just real quick because the game has been out for a while one of the funniest things during that whole time we were playing other than some of the mechanics of like being big and small and goofing around with buttons and stuff we had to escape a tree that was ran or run by squirrels yeah like combative squirrels <laughs> I had to fly a plane and avoid other planes as well as acorns and stuff falling from the tree while he was on top fighting <laughs> a, a squirrel in like a Mortal Kombat slash <laughs> like Street Fighter-esque yeah. game. Like, it, it was, it, it was it's crazy. so good. And I love how it makes, um, I forget what her name is, but the mom, like she's always like the badass one doing like crazy stuff, I feel like. And yeah. it's just so funny. <laughs> just so good. And the dad, the dad was very reserved and like, like let's just let's just not do that. Yeah, <laughs> not a good idea. Let's not do that. And I'm pretty sure the plane was like his boxers stretched on. Yes, like... it was made out of his boxers <laughs> and like a clothes hanger. Yeah, and some other stuff because the squirrels kept taking all their stuff from the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was it's pretty good. So yeah, definitely game of the year. They deserve that for sure. Uh going forward. I think that pretty much just wraps up all the categories we talked about. Most of them well-deserved. A couple we're a little salty about. <laughs> but I think we should talk about some of their first first looks, their oh, world yeah. premieres. It's the uh, world premiere awards at this point. 
There were yeah. so many world premieres back to back to back. Yeah, um, there was like three in a row at one point, I think. Yeah. I... What were some of the ones you're really looking forward to? So, Hellblade 2. I never played Hellblade 1, but Hellblade 2 looks really good, and I can't wait to play that. Uh, day one on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> Not sponsored, but <laughs> hey, it's the best deal Maybe. in gaming. <laughs> yeah. And then also Alan Wake Part Two. Um, Alan Wake One is is so good, and it just got remastered. I haven't played that one, but the first one still holds up so well. And even yeah. for all its Energizer product placement, where you literally, <laughs> yeah, you have a the whole like conceit of the game is you have the hold back the darkness and so you have a flashlight and gotcha. there are literally energizer batteries everywhere <laughs> and you get those so you can have your flashlight um and basically alan wake one since you haven't played it i'll tell you a little bit you have your flashlight you point at enemies and they're all like darkness and that protects them so you point at enemies until their darkness is gone then you can shoot them and i'm pretty sure in alan wake like your reticle is also your flashlight beam so if it's on their head, like you can shoot them right there, and then they're gone. But it, it's such a good game, and it has like a dodge button in Alan Wake One, where if they're like right about to hit you, you can perfect dodge, and that feels so satisfying. Um, and it's like a very trippy, weird, almost like Stephen King type story, and it's really, really good. Um, I'm gonna say, from what I remember, um, <clears throat> wasn't it a story about like fighting back, like? It was either fighting back like depression or like schizophrenia or something like that. Uh, it's I played it when I was like probably too young to understand anything, but yeah, I think <laughs> so. Uh, uh, it's like it's some really trippy stuff. You go to this like town, like the sleepy quaint town, and then stuff starts Island going Hill. down. Silent Hill. Silent Hill. And it's like <laughs> it's like the manuscript that he's writing. Like he's he's like a writer, so like you realize that you're falling into his story that he wrote. But it's real and it's weird and it's it's really good. So part two cannot come soon enough. And Remedy said uh, that this is their first survival horror game. So Ooh. even more than Alan Wake One and like that kind of stuff, it's gonna be straight horror. And they had a lot of scary stuff, even in Control, which is weird because that was a pretty mainstream game and it was a very like scary game, <laughs> like even in the first few hours at least. Was that um, the one that RJ played? He might have. I think because it, it's they, if I remember correctly, like their their imagery, their background for the actual cover is like red, like a bunch of red. Yes, yeah, and yeah. stuff breaking apart. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 so, yeah. that's it. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, and that has like some tie-ins with Alan Wake too. Like their whole world is like very interconnected. I think even with Quantum Break, and Remedies are really great game dev uh another one just to go through mine real quick monolith soft is working on a new wonder woman game they're the ones that made shadow of mordor and shadow of war um and shadow of mordor is an amazing game and they're bringing in the nemesis system from those games into wonder woman and i cannot wait to see what that looks like uh mm. in a wonder woman like setting um they like they get combat right so well they know can you how ex to... can you explain what the nemesis system is for those who don't know? Yeah, so the nemesis system is basically it remembers how you killed an enemy, um, or it remembers what happened during that fight with the enemy, and it 
will use those uh those traits or it'll use those like memories as a basis for what traits it gives those enemies and those enemies will remember you so they'll have like unique voice lines for you specifically that your friends who are playing the game won't get and they'll have like unique like weaknesses or, or power-ups that your friends won't get also so like if i'm playing and i'm like killing a random orc and and that's the thing in shadow mordor you can kill like a random orc at all like it doesn't matter if it's a named person or or not they will become a named person if the nemesis system decides to bring them back and that's like so unique and cool so you can just make like the most badass enemies out of grunts basically that can rise up the ranks because they either kill you or they don't and they use that as motivation to, to keep going and it makes it to where you can tell these like stories without really having to write out narratives for them and that's really awesome um so like one example is i like executed an orc by like <laughs> well first i might have like shot open a cage with a like a weird animal and that animal went and attacked him and then I like burned him with a fire arrow and then I went down and I chopped his arm off and that was how I killed him. So then maybe next time he comes back, he doesn't have his arm, but uh, he has like an immunity to fire damage and he's afraid of animals. So you can use those things against him and uh, it's like such a cool system because it just makes it to where you want to approach every fight differently, knowing what you know about them. And... Do you remember when I... What... When I played, that popped up a few times. Or instead of being like scared of an animal, he'd be scared of the flame itself. Yeah. And he like conquered his fear of animals, so he'd be like a pack master or something. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And I remember, if I remember correctly, if you fight an enemy so many times, especially in that game, you can either kill them again or you can like use your power to basically try to take control of their mind if you do it so many times eventually you'll just take away their intelligence altogether and they are just sort of this drooling mumbling enemy that's every now and then will say just kill me yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of messed up honestly <laughs> yeah it's a crazy system and i bet now that you're saying that like i forgot about the whole mind control part but now that you're saying that i bet you can use the lasso of truth and like oh, wrap it around them and that's kind of how you bend them to your will that'd be awesome um i i cannot wait for this we only got like a cinematic trailer for it but i think that wonder woman is in good hands with monolith soft and i'm you know i'm tired of the real-time strategy superhero games that i don't want to play and i want to play as the superhero and do badass stuff so that's cool yeah were those the only two uh that, like oh, really piqued your interest lastly the matrix awakens uh it's like a tech demo for unreal engine 5 and from what i see it looks beautiful and i can't play it though because i don't have an xbox or a ps5 i only have my pc and i don't know why it's not playable on there and it should be that's true all i gotta say so what about you lane well there were three that i'm really looking forward to elden ring was one of them but i'm not really going to talk about that one too much since we talked about it a lot last week and when we were going over the actual winners for game awards so i'm going to replace it with one the three that i was really looking forward to that caught my interest were star wars eclipse they had a two minute cinematic trailer reveal so no no gameplay nothing like that 
there's not even really a story that we know yet based on the trailer from what i watched i'm thinking it's gonna be it's it is set during the high republic we know that so that's 200 years before the skywalker saga what i'm thinking is based on the i think they were they were called the gun no not the gun were they the gundans i think uh, was, is that jar jar binks's that's jar jar binks i know what you're talking about though you're talking about like the blue uh what's his name no 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 not not the not the blue guy uh newt gunray yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so maybe we were thinking of the same thing. Anyway, I think it's going to be based on them fighting another civilization. And I actually think it's going to be the rise of Darth Plagueis. Oh. Because Darth, be... Plague, Darth oh. Plagueis was the master for not Darth Vader, uh, the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah, Palpatine. So I think that's what it's going to be about. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you haven't checked out the trailer, you can find it on YouTube. Just type in Star Wars Eclipse trailer. Trust me, it's two minutes of your time. It's beautiful. The music is already awesome. So I think that's going to be my number one out of the the three. Elden Ring, we know a lot more about that. So obviously that's going to be my top contender. The other one that I was really excited for was GTFO. They've been in a beta slash alpha phase for a long time now. And during the Game Awards uh, this past Thursday, they actually released their GTFO version 1. So it's considered a, a complete game now. And I played when they were first a beta. And I, I still have access to the game. So I want to check it out again soon uh, with some buddies. But when I played the beta, it was still very buggy. The maps were still in the works. But based on the trailer that they showed, it, it looks like it's definitely in a, a better place as far as progression goes. Uh, the leveling, the new enemies, some of the enemies I saw in the trailer they didn't have during the beta. So that I'm really looking forward to. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I swore I would never play it again two years <laughs> ago at the beginning of Chapter 2, but Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite, the Chapter 3, especially with... Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson coming in and, you know, just being a general badass. Maybe he'll be in Fast and Furious in the game if, if they haven't already <laughs> put that in Fortnite. They'll send a banana in a car to space or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they are bringing a lot to Fortnite, it looks like. As far as movement goes, I saw some things where you could swing around as Spider-Man. They're adding a new sliding system, which is amazing because I love that in Apex, so... I think those are my three that look really awesome. A lot of other ones that are story-driven that I feel I'm going to be excited for, but those were the three that I'm most looking forward to, probably. I'll play Fortnite when they add tap strafing as a mechanic. <laughs> so does that mean you're going to stop playing Apex when they take it away? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, um, but about the Star Wars Eclipse, um, it's made by developer Quantic Dream. And they also have a little bit of a controversy, a little bit of, you know, a bad workplace environment. I think it's, I don't, I don't really know. I don't want to speak to it because I don't know exactly what's going on there. But I will speak about their games, which I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and um, Detroit Become Human are some of their stuff. And I heard Detroit was good. I hear they're good. I, I mean, okay, Heavy Rain is all right. It's not great. But um, Detroit Become Human, I hear good things about. And I just don't like the way their games play. 
which is that they don't really play. You just they're all quick time events. Um, and I hope that Star Wars Eclipse is a bit of a of an evolution for them as a game studio. And also, this is this what I said about Star or what about what I said about superhero games. I want to play as characters in those worlds and like have full control and be a badass or be whatever I am instead of having like you don't want it to be like a choice based I mean no I like the choices uh in those games um I just you know I'd want to I want to do things as a Star Wars character instead of um sort of move my right stick in a certain way or whatever you know um, so you you want their game to be kind of like uh, what was it called? Was it Jedi Fallen Order that they came out with recently? Yeah, kind of. Not like not that. not the studio, but the most recent Star Wars game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which was again a great game if you haven't played it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think that's that. Pretty much wraps up Game Awards. Uh, we did everything else. Let's uh, let's talk about what got us started in gaming. So uh, what got you started in gaming, Noah? <laughs> uh. So. I was I was a youngin. I was like about three years old, and like I don't know why, but my uncle is like dead set on making me like a student already at three years old. And he's like, if you want to play on my Xbox, you have to like write out numbers one to a hundred or do some simple math problems or like put out your ABCs or like write different words that I tell you. Or whatever and I was like yeah sure I want to play Xbox so I did those things and then I got to play Halo Splinter Cell like uh, 1 and 2 and Chaos Theory um, you know some of the best games ever made <laughs> Halo Combat Evolved Halo 2 and um, that really just shot me off on my trajectory to be a little game nerd and uh then i'm pretty sure for one of my birthdays it was like maybe six or seven my mom got me a ps2 and i was ecstatic like i was oh my god this is crazy i still have my ps2 it's in the other room and um i played the hell out of some dragon ball z budokai one two and three those games are amazing still they're probably not that great if i went back to them but they're really fun and then uh for another for Christmas, my mom got me the Xbox 360 arcade, uh, like console, and it came with like Sega Superstars Tennis and like an arcade collection, and also she got me Guitar Hero Three that day, and I that was that was amazing, loved that, and that was pretty much all I needed. So what about you? Nice. Uh, for me, probably my dad was what really got me into it. He had a Sega. So before even the, the PlayStation, and I remember watching him play Army Guys on it. There was literally a, a game about Army Guys fighting, and I played it too. He would let me play with him. So I played that a lot, and I was a big Nintendo gamer when I was little. The Nintendo 64 was, is GameCube technically Nintendo, or is that different? Is yeah. that like a separate? I feel like it was Nintendo, right? Yeah, it's N- Nintendo GameCube. Gotcha. Yeah. So I I had the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube. And for me, I played Spyro on the GameCube a lot. And for the Nintendo 64, I played uh, Mario 64 and Mario Kart. So that was the that was kind of like my kickoff. And going forward, as far as gaming goes. I remember the Xbox for sure and playing Battlefront 2 
Battlefront and Battlefront 2 with my dad a lot, and Halo. Halo 2. I actually played Halo 2 before I played Halo Combat Evolved. And I remember shortly after getting actually like into gaming, like on the Xbox, we had a spider in our house. And I, when I was little, I had arachnophobia. Like I was terrified of spiders. And my dad said, look, if you kill this spider for me, if you like do, kill it however you want, I'll buy you an Xbox 360 for Christmas. And I was like, you swear. He was like, I promise. Like, okay, you better keep your promise. And I, I didn't even like grab like a fly swat or anything. I straight up just punched it bare knuckles. I punched the wall to kill the spider. Oh my God. And I, I got an Xbox 360 that Christmas with Halo 3. So my dad's a man of his word. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was kind of my memory of it. And that's kind of how I grew up playing games. I was also, I played a lot of, I should not have been playing this because I was definitely like five years old, but I was playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, that kind of probably steered me on my path of gaming of what I like to do as far as gaming goes. Alrighty, guys, that's all we've got for you today. Tell us what you've been playing in the comments below if you're viewing this through YouTube. And if not, tweet us at using the su uh, hashtag supercharge and at vuvuzela21 or at tarnation underscore gaming. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Sunday on the Supercharged Podcast. Take care.